Hello. Welcome back for the 20th episode of the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. This is Vasanth and today with me we have the full squad. Ram fresh from his travels in India. Anand from his travels to the local mountains and Vijay taking a short break from the local cricket fields. We are just 40 days from having the two finalists from that epic 2019 final square off at the cavernous Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad for the opening game of the 2023 World Cup. However, before that there is a lot of action in the form of a series of lead up games as teams work towards finalizing their squads for the World Cup. We have the five Asian nations battling it out in the Asia Cup from August 30th. The Australians are in South Africa for a white ball series and the Black Caps are in England for another white ball series. There will also be a five game ODI series between India and Australia following the Asia Cup. The 10th team that is in the World Cup namely the Netherlands has unfortunately no real preparation vehicle. And in the middle of all of this the five Asian nations will be part of a T20I competition being played as part of the Asian Games in Guangzhou. Over the course of the next few weeks we will be covering each and every of the 10 World Cup teams covering their squads, their key players, their path to the tournament and their prospects. However, in today's episode we will be touching upon India's team for the Asia Cup and the Asia Cup itself. The Ajit Agarkar led selection committee has selected its first squad, namely the one for the Asia Cup to be played in Sri Lanka or should I say for most part in Sri Lanka. It does appear that the tournament allows for the selection of 17 player teams which essentially allowed the selection committee to avoid making some of the more tougher calls. That might be just bec- become trickier when the World Cup comes around when the squad can only have 15 players with three traveling reserves. There is an interesting debate as to why a longer tournament of 40 days only has a 15 member squad but more about that on some other day. The selection itself As Fahad Fazal says in a recent Tamil movie, "Idu enna palakam, idu enna pudu palakam," which loosely translates to "What is this new habit?" In a market departure from the past, the captain and the chairman of the selection committee had a press conference where they fielded questions on who and why. Most certainly very refreshing to hear the rationale and have to say the skipper Sharma's candor and levity kept things very light-hearted. Brings back memories of the irrepressible Jayavant Lele. Almost all the expected names appeared. They went with eight batters including the two keepers, two real all-rounders, two bowling all-rounders, one spinner and four seamers. They also included one keeper bat as a traveling reserve. The two somewhat surprising moves was that the precocious Tilak Verma was given a break while Yuzi Chahal was left out. The former was in the cards given that the team is looking for our version of Harry Brook. The latter was seemingly because the team did not want to accommodate another bowler who could not bat. All said and done, there really was not much to complain about. Interestingly though, the powers that be did explicitly indicate the door was not shut for anyone and specifically named Yuzi, Ashwin and Washi. Guess the thinking is that should the lead up game suggest that we really needed a leg spinner or an off spinner, then maybe they will come into consideration. Vijay, what do you think about the team? This team actually screams uh, paper tigers to me. You know why? It's loosely saying, like if you take the first choice playing eleven, then half of them are coming from some layoff or the other, right? And when you come to a tournament like that, what will they 
probably do will they do workload management or focus on the title or uh, plan for the world cup i think there will be some muddled stuff going on at least uh, one or two games they don't have too much time to settle down either agarkar flew into west indies also right he sat with them and actually the discussion started there before inviting dravid and rohit sharma to the selection party i mean they've gone through a prescribed route and if they are taking so much inputs from the captain and the coach i think it will be more along the lines of recent performance and known success than any uh, surprises that they might spring on anybody so saving pant we have all the luminaries wasn't you mentioned a few there's absolutely no left field choice and i say left in one of two ways so i was looking for like the rinku the tevatia even sai sudarshan or even jaiswal for that matter right who's had success in other forms none of them all left handers obviously and i think they've all been deemed t20 players for the moment which i think is a very conservative approach you need to have somebody who can come in and jump start the innings if need be so i think they are going to rely on some of the tried and tested names for that so save shan kishan uh, if at all he gets a game the only left handers are the three spinners in the squad so that is one thing we very very conservative let's go with the known names for for the squad again on paper they do bad deep so this is something india lagged in previous squads then the bowling is just about varied enough but if you look at it closely a lot depends on where they play pandya in the batting lineup if he plays high enough then it becomes a long tie but so he should play the role of the guy who guides the lower half of the batting order so i i am still not clear whether they have a six bowler attack or a five bowler attack because unlike previous world cup squads we don't have the luxury of yuvraj singh or uh, sehwag tendulkar even to come in and bowl those three four wwws to in the subcontinent especially right it looks like a very incremental improvement kind of a squad uh, and just just for the tournament alone i think it will they will try to basically get their feet moving for the bigger tournament that's what i am thinking what about you anand i mean you're right that the players who are coming in from injuries are a big risk but other than that i i can't find anything wrong with this team i did see the entire uh, ashwin's youtube episode and you know more than the press conference more than everything that was discussed about this team i think ashwin convinced a lot of people that this is a good team i i'm curious to see how well kl rahul and shreyas iyer bat you know if they are fit and what not i'm actually surprised they dropped rahul because of his batting that actually makes me wonder if they are really worried about the middle order being too you know finicky and they're worried about the middle order crashing right if you can't play chahal and you think that kuldeep's batting is what is going to save you what they are thinking like the selectors are thinking about if there are middle order crumbles particularly when they play against pakistan the middle order fails i will not be shocked if they actually pick ashwin ironically for his batting for the world cup stranger things have happened washi for their batting i i feel that given rohit rohit is fond of ashwin they might actually pick ashwin i do think they'll play six bowlers it means that chami siraj jadeja kuldeep 
or the four regular, and then it's either Thakur or Aksar, one of the two, and then and you know Hardik hopefully is fit enough to bowl at least a few overs. I think Hardik is going to play the Yuvraj Singh role in this team. He's going to be the sixth bowler given given his injuries. But it's quite a shame that you have to pick one of Thakur, Shardul, or uh, Aksar. Uh, but I suppose that's the price to pay for playing in the same era as Ravindra Jadeja. My unknown are how well Rahul and Shreyas have recovered. That's pretty much where I am. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll know very soon. Ram? Yeah, I think given the circumstances and the injuries to, I think, at least three very clear first choice 11, namely Rahul, Ayer, and uh, Bumrah, I think the first order of business is to figure out where they stand and whether they are fit. They, Agarkar and Co. have gone ahead and picked all three into the squad. They may be rusty. We don't know where they are, but we've got to find out the answer, right? Why I say that is also because uh, the, the, the fact is that we don't have a lot of alternatives, right? Uh, if it turns out that Ayer... KL, uh, at least talk about the batters uh, for a minute. If it turns out that one or both are unfit, we are frankly grasping at straws at that point, right? Because we have technically Sanju Samson defined as a KL Rahul backup, somebody who will bat in the middle order and keep wickets, but the score, this team management has shown zero trust in him. He's still there, but he's uh, like a traveling reserve. So that is one aspect. Zero number of people have succeeded playing at number four after the last World Cup got done. And Ayer by far has the best record of having done something useful at number four. So, which makes him completely, you know, indispensable in the context of the balance of uh, the squad. So, we need to know whether these two guys are going to be fit, whether they can last through that 40-day grueling uh, story. Then you come to Bumrah. If the two games that we saw in Ireland is any indication, he seems to be fit. But then they have four over games. He's gone on the record. He's put out sound bites claiming that, hey, I've practiced to be able to bowl the 10-over spell and so forth. But he actually hasn't. So we need to know if he, he can stand up to that. But at least in the case of Bumrah, I think we have some backups if Bumrah doesn't play. Then we're looking at Prasid Krishna as a possibility. And Prasid's uh, done well at home uh, playing one day's uh, and post-injury, he had a couple of good games in Ireland as well. I also feel that only one of Siraj or Shami will actually play in the eleven, uh, and and that goes back to the point you made a little earlier, uh, Anand, about you know the the batting depth and the 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 need for a number eight who can actually bat. Right? I mean, the fact that they went public saying we can't pick Chahal because he can't bat. Is I mean, they actually said that in the presser, not in exactly that, those many words, but something similar, right? And that's coming from a place where I think they feel like, hey, I need to have a number eight who can bat. Basically, that's going back to the, the England Ian Morgan model, right? I don't know if it translates to lack of faith in the, is in the top order or the middle order, but just this whole idea that we've got to have a lengthy tail, those at the top should have the insurance to express themselves freely in within air quotes and and they want that to to happen which really means that only two people can play in that role it's either shardul takur or it's akshar patel zero number of other people can fit into that role outside of that so in my scheme of things therefore if one of those two have to play that means you can't accommodate both shami and siraj alongside bruma as as pacer so that's kind of like how i see it 
I wanted to do a little bit of a Ajit Agarkar report card, right? Because this is really Agarkar's first big, you know, outing as chief selector. Vasant, you mentioned some of that, you know, the the, the Fahad Fasil thing. Well, to me, it's a good thing because we had this guy, Chetan Sharma, who was chairman of selectors for such a long time. How many times did he appear in front of the press? I think it was once on a Zoom call right after the Virat Kohli controversy. He sets a really low bar. I mean, we haven't seen bad selectors like him in a while, to be fair. But that said, you know, did not do a great job at Mumbai. You know, he made 40 selections. It ended up where the selection committee led by Agarkar had to, to resign en masse because public pressure was so high and Mumbai wasn't winning. So with that history, I was like, what's Agarkar going to do selecting this squad? And is he going to be any better than Chetan Sharma? But I think at least based on the very limited time that he spent uh, in the role, I think he's come out with a decent squad given all the injuries. Vijay made this point. He leaned in heavily on both Dravid and on Rohit Sharma. Travelled all the way to, to West Indies to start the squad selection conversation, which is fantastic. Maybe, maybe, this I'm guessing here, he may have just told Rohit and Virat that, that their T20 days are numbered. We will never find out in the public domain. But kudos to him if he did have that conversation. I, I never thought I would say this, but early days of the Ajit Agarkar selector thing is turning out to be much better than I thought it would be. Let, let me say this before anybody else does, right? Okay. We all know that Agarkar is really good at ducking. Yo. <laughs> ducking controversy. <laughs> so, you replace a Chetan guy with a Chetak guy, right? Ayo. Ayo. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think the, the the last thing I think you know the the seventeen member squad versus the fifteen member squad, right? It took the easy way out because the Asia Cup afforded it. Some two names will have to go, right? We don't know who they will be. I think it's going to boil down to one of the fast bowlers, so probably Prashma, and uh, one of the middle order batters between Kai, Tilak Verma, Ayer, KL, depending on who is not paid and who is paid and who makes funds and who doesn't. I think those are the two people that are going out. But we'll come to that a little later. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll summarize it the way Anand did, right? I mean, no left field selection, yes. I mean, if you make a left field selection now, then you, you're effectively letting people into the World Cup with, like, three or four games behind them. If you pick a Jaiswal or a Sai Sudarshan or even a Rinku Singh, they would have played a grand total of, what, three games in the Asia Cup, three games against Australia before they play the World Cup. And that just, yeah, but why? You know, why, I mean, why is Tilak Verma not being considered a left field selection? That too, yeah, Vijay. <laughs> why is Tilak Verma not a, a left he's a left hander also? Even bad left hander. <laughs> okay, let's ride the luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that it's easier to pick a cricket team for New Zealand. It's it's probably even easier to pick a cricket team for Australia. Or even England, picking a cricket team for India probably has to be the the hardest thing. Hardest, yeah. Because no matter what team you pick, that is definitely guaranteed not the best team you can pick, right? Given the choices we have. The thing about Agarkar is I think he played it safe, right? Yeah. This was perhaps the uh, tournament to experiment or was it? I mean, the West, they experimented with the West Indies. Uh, team and we failed and now there are questions about 
everything, right? So perhaps this was all, you know, Virkar could do. No, the, the thing is, One Day International has also gone to a point where it is so high speed, right? That, that's where the English guys and when the Australians are going to come in, they, they, if they score a 50, it's not going to be a 50 of 60 balls like our, our middle order is bound to score, right? They are going to score 50 of 20 balls because they know that Adil Rashid is coming at number 11 yeah. and he can still bat. So they will keep going hammer tongs. That right. kind of a lineup we don't have. We have a very good one-day international lineup, not the. We, we have a very good twenty. Lineup. We have a very good twenty-eleven one-day international lineup. <laughs> exactly. But, see, fundamentally, <laughs> what England was able to do and has been able to do, and now they've extended it to their Test cricket, is bat aggressively from ball one. Just go for it. And it's more so in the ODIs and the T20Is. I don't think any other team has the firepower to do it. Our bowlers do not bat. So Rohit was spot on that we can't make our batters bowl or our bowlers bat because that is what we have. And we have to operate with this setup. These are serious limitations. England is way ahead of everybody else in terms of team structure. What is surprising is I'm seeing even Pakistan is getting better and better at this. And Australia also bats deep. So this is going to hurt us because our bowlers just don't bat. In fact, if you go back to the 2015 World Cup, there was so much criticism of that team. A team that uh, actually punched well above expectation. They won straight through. The the fact of the matter is, the day we had to score more than 300 in a chase and lost some middle-order wickets, just couldn't force the issue. Because we had Jadeja and Ashwin occupying, I think, 6 and 7 or 7 and 8. And that was just not going to be enough to support Dhoni to take the team through. And that problem has been there. It's not new. In 2015, it was there. In 2019, it was there. We were just fortunate that in the semi-final, Jadeja came good after we lost five wickets. And if anything, it's got worse. That we have to rely on Shardul Thakur to provide the runs. And that's a problem. There is a theory that had Deepak Chahar been fit or continued to be fit over a period of time, he might have provided much greater value than Sharwar Thakur. Maybe so. He probably is a better bat. But six of one and half a dozen of the other, right, between these two guys. I have stats guru open and I'm looking at one-day international data alone since the 1st of Jan 2020. And Deepak Chahar between Jan 1st, 2020 and today has played one game for it. That's it. He's simply not been in the one-day radar at all. I think they view him purely as a, a T20 guy. Shadul Thakur, on the other hand, has, has gotten himself 13 games. And he ha- oh, and by the way, these are just home numbers. I'm just looking at their home records. And he's played 13 games and he's got 18 wickets at 27. So that's a data point. If I just expand this to not just home games, Chahar has 10 games, whereas Shadul Thakur has 31 games. That is played the most number of games for India since the 1st of January 2020. So we don't know the situation with other players, but Shadul Thakur is probably going to be one of the first names in the in the 50. I, I, I can't explain Shadul's stress record nor his ODA record. He's just Seriously. keeps on giving. Yeah, two things. One is, you mentioned Stats Guru. I hope you know that Travis Bassevi, the creator of Stats Guru, recently mm-hmm. passed. If there's one person who has affected the way we consume cricket, it's probably him. 
with all the data that he has created. And funnily enough, like some of the original UI he created, what, 15, 20, 20 years ago is still there, yes, which is there. quite remarkable. Right. In the mid-90s, I would think, Anand. That's when oh, it that's was. 30 years. Oh, my God. Jeez. So, talking about all-rounders in India, this is year one of IPL impact players. Give it five years, the all-rounder would be extinct. Yeah, completely become extinct. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. Yep. Anyway, so that there we are. All things selection report out on Ajit Agarkar. And yeah, I think Vijay, you made a great point, right? Agarkar is still, he's like new on job and everything, right? So he is basically saying, hey, I'm going to ask Dravid and Rohit Sharma what they want and just give it to them. And, and really, that's how this squad has come together, uh, is, is how I feel about it, right? It's not... Ajit Agarkar having an opinion as to who should or should not play. It is just Ajit Agarkar really very deeply uh, engaging with these two guys. And even the fact that the presser was done by Agarkar and Rohit Sharma together, I think that's a first. That the the the, the chief selector and the captain of the team come together and do uh, a presser. And that's really Rohit saying, my squad, you just here. What, have, what has been the debate in the last few months? The, the discussions were limited to a few people. The moment you made the squad 17, there's nothing to debate. Everybody's in. Right? Well, with the exception of Sanju Samson, who yeah. gets so to be the Sanju Samson, uh, the earmarked as number 18. And Yuzendra Chahel, maybe we can accommodate him if something goes wrong. But Yuzi Chahel's position, in spite of the fact that he's taken something like 26 wickets in the last two years, was always in danger. Not just because of his batting, but also because of his fielding. Okay, Kuldeep yes. Yadav has started bowling better, is certainly a better batter, and is a better fielder. In fact, it reminds me of our friend Ambati Raidu. One of the reasons he lost his place in the 2019 World Cup squad, in my mind, was some very shoddy fielding in Australia and New Zealand in the early part of that year. And he failed a yo-yo test. He failed a yo-yo test at some time. But the person who ostensibly replaced him, Vijay Shankar, was a gun on the field. He was giving them 20 runs on the field. Okay. Even one game where he lost a bunch of pickets to Bolt, I think Vijay Shankar steadied the... Along with Raidu. Along with Raidu. These two guys batted. But then, Vijay Shankar had this bonus of some bowling. And guess what? Yes. In his very first ball, I think, he got the wicket of Imamul Haq in the World Cup. A few hours later, he gets Sarfraz Khan and he ends up with the best bowling average for India in the tournament. He followed the illustrious steps of uh, another Tamil Nadu player who got a wicket of his first ball. Any guesses who? (laughs) W.V. Raman. No? You've gone too far. But close enough. (laughs) Sadagopan uh, Ramesh. Oh. The guy got a wicket of his first. I, I was almost going to say Bharat Arun, but he didn't exactly take a wicket. He just hit and <laughs> He hurt the wicket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Ramesh, blocked me in Twitter. Oh, my God. Until the day I left. I don't know what I did to troll him. Did you say something about Santosh Subramaniam? The movie? I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Is there? I have to know. Go Google. <laughs> no, but yeah, talking about that after uh, was it MSK Prasad who uttered the infamous 3D word? 
I'm surprised that they would actually give another press conference defending the team choice. <laughs> but it has happened. So I, I suppose the charm of Rohit Sharma will carry the day. Yeah, I, I thought MSK Prasad did a disservice to Raidu, to Vijay Shankar, to everybody with the 3D comment. There's just no need. Yeah. Another very interesting comment, which came from Ashwin this time, is it's okay for India because in case somebody is injured, they can be quickly added to the team. I do not know whether it is mandatory that we add the traveling reserves into the squad or whether we are allowed to go and pick people from outside the traveling reserves. Because if that is the case, Ashwin in as many words as me has said, they have asked us to be ready. I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> my, my read on this the first time India's middle order crumbles, Ashwin is going to bat at number eight as a batter. Right? <laughs> Irony gonna... is that he was getting dropped from test matches because of his lack of batting. Okay, he's good at, uh, he's good at leaving the ball. <laughs> <laughs> he's good at leaving the ball. You know that. <laughs> no, but remember that the three people who were specifically named as not having lost out yet also included Washington. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, I I don't know what that guy has done, but clearly the various coaches, various team managements are very high on him. That's six. That's six of comments. He's going to get selected. He batted beautifully at the Gabba. No doubt. Yeah. he, He picked comments off his nose. Like, we can't forget that shot. Nobody can forget that shot. <laughs> no, even the 96 in Ahmedabad was good, right? Against yeah, England. Yeah. yeah, and then there was, a, there was an 85 yeah. in Chennai too. Yeah, the temperament they is there. Shots yeah, they are there. The, Australia, the Australians, the commentators wouldn't stop talking about him. Yeah. They, they thought... I, they, I, were, I, they No, all those guys were like, this is why India's Ranji Trophy is far better than Sheffield Sheet. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> I think he missed an opportunity in the IPL this year. Like, yeah. he as much as I li- like his mustache, he didn't really perform. <laughs> he just gets injured at the wrong time. It's just bad luck. I hope the next four years go well for him and he is able to cement the place. Because next next World Cup, I mean, I saw you saying somewhere that this may well be Rohit and Gerard's last World Cup. Don't forget to add Jadeja. He's on his last World Cup as well. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so the, that number seven for the next World Cup is up for grabs. And it's between no. Akshar and, and... Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. We have alt, sir. <laughs> Looks so, like yeah. we've believed that Agarkar has started off well, but he's gotten off easy because he could pick whoever he wanted. The interesting part was his willingness to discuss with the coaches and the captain... And in some ways, this is the captain's squad more than the selector's squad. So, yeah, now we've selected the team. Very soon, they'll be boarding an airplane to go down to Colombo for the Asia Cup. Now, the Asia Cup involves six teams. There is Nepal, just to make up the numbers. And then there are the five other teams, right? The basic question in my mind is, how important is this Asia Cup to the teams? Is it going to be treated as a testing ground for the World Cup? Or will the teams go all out 
I think it's going to be a delicate balance for the team management. As the team management for the teams who want to use it to finalize their World Cup campaign, and their squads, but might be hesitant to experiment given the potential reaction of the stakeholders. I mean, just imagine the reaction of the fans in India if India should lose to Pakistan or vice versa. And just imagine what will happen if either of them lose to Bangladesh. As if it was not enough, there is a lot of acrimony between the players of the teams. Four teams that will make it to the second round will play at least five matches. So that gives them a good run as practice to the World Cup. And the finalists are going to have six matches. And honestly, except for the two Nepal games, every match is going to be pretty competitive. Pakistan has been fabulous in their lead-up. Their batting is humming. That superstar batter, Babar Azam, is in brilliant form. Their quicks are just turning it on. Their spin bowler, come all-rounder, is brilliant. Looking at their performances against Afghanistan in Sri Lanka, they are pretty strong contenders to make the final. India has to approach this tournament differently. Three of the first 11 are just coming back from injury. Are they going to go full full pelt? Already we know that KL Rahul is not going to play the first couple of games. How much will they push Bumrah? How much will they push Prasid and Shreyas? It's going to be a bit of a delicate balance. I don't know how they're going to manage. Sri Lanka, defending champions, but the stakes will be very high as they're at home. They have a passionate fan base who are expecting miracles. The Afghans, smarting from the defeats against Pakistan. And they're a pretty decent team, but they also blow hot and cold. So we'll see what's going to happen. And of course, Bangladesh, every match they play, there is some drama or the other. So my thought, though, is Pakistan is a slight favorite to make it to the final. I think the other finalists will be India ahead of Sri Lanka and Afghanistan, the other two teams that, in my mind, will make the top four. Ram, your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a balance, right? You can't afford to lose. I mean, they lost a, a, a few no-consequence games in, in, in West Indies and look at the, uh, the Firol, right? So Asia Cup, much higher stakes. My own feel would be that, you know, you've got to answer the big selection questions. You've got to figure out where the fitness levels of these three first test folks are. Then you've got to work out that whole matter of the pesky number eight. You have to settle in between a combination of either Shardul or Akshar playing at that position and figuring out who 9, 10, 11 are based on who that number 8 is, right? So I'm I'm thinking that, you know, you therefore can't play Bumrah, Shami and Siraj all together because then you'll have to leave out Kuldeep, which is a problem. So you will have Akshar playing and then you'll have Kuldeep playing and then you'll accommodate two of the three pacers between Bumrah, Siraj and Shami and on current form on history Shami is going to be the guy who's going to have to be left out Siraj uh, to play he's been brilliant with the white ball both formats of the white ball over the last couple of years completely agree with some of your points you made around Pakistan they all have their own Achilles heels in some way Afghanistan has its Achilles heel Pakistan does have its Achilles heel no doubt Pakistan will be hot favorite as far as the Asia Cup is concerned but I, I think twice before sort of extending that form or that, oh, they are favorites viewpoint into the World Cup. So that's the other thing that I kind of wanted to say. I think the, the Lankans are just going to kind of bring up the numbers. They have home advantage, no doubt. The LPL just ended. Hasaranga was amazing 
you know, with bat, with ball, with captaincy, like literally everything, one man army. But I'm not sure that he's going to get support from like 10 others to kind of go all the way. Bangladesh, Nepal, I think they just bring up the numbers and really nothing more to discuss. For India, I'll just finish with what I'm hoping the first 11 will be. I'm hoping they'll do Gil, Rohit, Virat, Ayer, KL, Hardik, Jadeja, Akshar, Kuldi, Bumrah, and Siraj, which kind of gives us six proper bowling options, two proper spinners, two proper pacers, one pace bowling all-rounder, one spin bowling all-rounder. So that gives us six bowlers. You know, Hardik need not bowl 10 overs if that's what it means for his longevity. He can bowl a few less, but we have six proper options and we can do this without expecting anybody in the top four or five to actually bowl i mean if they choose to sort of strengthen the bowling by leaving out that questionable number eight either takur or akshar and play a real fast bowler instead yeah i think the batting loses its depth at that time i'm hoping that they stick to the squad through the games so that we know what that first 11 will be back like to me the asia cup is not the place where you want to rotate people or give tilak varma a debut just to see what he does i think time for that experiment is over you know if either of sky or uh sorry if either of kl or Ayer don't get fit you just fit in samson and you just fit in sky and you move on i think is how it's kind of going to have to uh, look like that's my two cents. Pakistan does seem to win the Asia Cup once every 12 years. <laughs> uh, the last time they won is 2012. It's almost 12 years. So maybe they are the hot favorites. But I was just looking at looking at the last time. India is the defending champion for the Asia Cup with ODIs. Mm. And the last, last time around, we were saved by Kedar Jadav with the bat and his leg. So, <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting trip down memory lane. Yeah, this is where I, I, I thought I said, you know, I thought that this is, you know, going to be Rohit and Virat's last Asia Cup, ODA Asia Cup, and perhaps their last World Cup. And I, and I really hope that both of them play the Asia Cup seriously and score a lot of runs because, you know, in this format, I mean, who better than those two? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Our ODA and T20 teams have been misfiring a lot, and I think our expectations have been sufficiently lowered. <laughs> So, you know, I'm sure that they will, this is a good chance for them to turn it around. I think if they, India does go on to win the Asia Cup, I think we'll be primed and, you know, really primed up for the World Cup. And I, of course, England and Australia are playing at a different level. I think this this team is going to be made or broken by Shreyas Iyer and KL Rahul. It all depends on how well they have recovered. I think our bowlers will do just fine. They know how to bowl in even in the Sri Lankan conditions. They'll be adequate. You know, you can only do so much with against England. If it's 350 to 370, it's 350 to 370. Everybody's going to go for that. I think it's going to come down to those two. What version of KL Rahul is going to show up will pretty much determine how we are going to play. That's where I am. Vijay? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, any tournament... I typically like my preferred team to be an underdog. So we can actually watch them grow in the tournament and eventually come out on top. Not entirely I've decided what India is in this tournament. They look favorites on paper. But, you know, many of these guys are not played together for a long time. So, tempted to call them an underdog. 
But one thing is for, for sure, just like wasn't mentioned, Pakistan is on a hot streak. Currently number one in the ODA charts, actually. And I think they could easily be considered favorites. Again, red hot bowling attack, great batters. Everybody's finding form. The Afghanis did show us a glimpse of how to uh, sort of challenge Pakistanis in that second game of their three-match series. Yeah, if you deny them big partnerships, stay out their spearheads and basically do a better job in the outfield, then the Pakistanis are vulnerable. What India will do will probably rotate their players and, and in that process, they could potentially step on a banana peel. And I, I, I already see Rohit resting for a game or two and Pandya captaining that game. If that happens, immediately the squad will look weak on batting because they will push like Ishan Kishan to open with a gill. Then others have to play slow to make sure that they don't lose much. Pandya will probably push himself to bat at five, six. So all those things will happen the minute uh, Rohit steps in. Uh, but uh, the Romantics would say that Tilak for a while come and hit a brilliant 150 and that's it. Problem solved. Oh, and they're all from <laughs> Bombay, I know. <laughs> Still, today's cricket, if you run into any of the top bowlers for uh, Afghan or Lanka or even Bangladesh for that matter, we have a challenge on our hands when, when we don't field our first choice. The one thing is Sri Lanka always looks like it, but they, I don't think they're not that, that team in transition anymore. These guys have all settled. like They've been playing for such a long time together. Uh, and this is their own backyard for most parts, right? Uh, I think five out of six games are in uh, Sri Lanka. I, I just worry that if uh, it's uh, one of those slow, low turners, if we have the right set of spinners for that game. We don't have any big turners, right? We will have to pick Kuldeep if that happens. Because uh, Sir and Aksar are not big turners of the ball. For me, the other three are primarily here for the banana peel effect. And they don't have squads that can carry them all the way to a title for sure. But having said that, we have seen even as recently as the T20 World Cup that the favourite teams do get knocked out. With that in the, the back of our mind, let's have a good uh, competition at the Asia Cup. There's one development with the Sri Lankan team. Looks like they've lost four first 11 players due to sickness and injury. And that's going to hurt them. I believe that two were down with COVID and two are down with injuries. And I don't know the names, but that's going to be a bit of a problem for them. I would say otherwise that, yes, Afghanistan and Bangladesh might be hard-pressed to push the other teams. But let's remember, Bangladesh reached two finals uh, of the Asia Cup. One is that famous Kedar Jadav match. And I think that final at Mirpur... As well. Yeah. After that Mirpur the performance, it's not like they've they've just rolled over every time. Oh God, it's uh, Hasaranga who has injured himself. He's not going to play. The health scares are COVID-19. Kusal Pereira and Avishka Fernando, I think I've seen the guy play. Both are down with COVID. That's nasty. I, I hope they recover. Yeah, but they're playing without Hasaranga, the master five-wicket taker. <laughs> he would have come come good at least against Nepal. I'm looking at the ESPN uh, website again and the Lankan squad is not even published here. And even Nepal has had a change of guard, right? One of their main players has retired and all that stuff. So, 
not following what the Nepalese people are up to. So we'll find out when they show. But overall, it looks like some of these games are going to be interesting. They could be very tight. As far as I'm concerned, as long as we don't lose to the Nagins, I'm good with it. You lose <laughs> to anybody, not those guys. So, anyway, that's just a personal preference. Incidentally, during the LPL, they actually had a real snake go on the field. A rat snake, and it went and uh, sort of um, got into the kits of some of the players. The, all the kits were sitting there, and they were the commentators were wondering as to whether the players would be very comfortable going anywhere near the kit after they came off the field. Let's uh, also touch upon uh, a very interesting uh, series that happened recently. The U19 World Cup qualifiers for the 2024 U19 World Cup. We had a game where USA U19 scored 518, was it? Against Lionel Messi's countrymen and won by some 430 runs or something. And that was very useful because that helped. USA pip Canada on the net run rate because Canada won by some 300 runs. Comments? Yeah, I, I keep telling you that didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you were not listening to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we did, USA did lose to Canada in the first game. Yes. Then we lost a do or die game. And that game had a little drama going with a lot of rain interruption. Yeah, they reduced the overs eventually and the USA boys won handsomely. So they are on their way to Sri Lanka in 2024. Yeah. And I'm just reading the final standings, the table standings. USA has an NRR of 4.8. Canada has an NRR of 3.5. And that's the only thing that separates them in the table. They both have six games, five won, one lost and 10 points. So obviously, the one loss was was to each other, and the USA kind of went through because of that 500 plus game against Argentina, where they pipped the NRR by a bit. So that explains why that Canada game was so important and all that senti stuff from the USA. But on a more serious note, I mean, we all criticized Pranav Danavate's thousand, remember? And this one looked ugly. I mean, you beat a team by 400 runs. I mean, these are kids. You don't just go and massacre them like this. Fine. But what could they, What else could this team have done? They had no choice. The USA team and the Canada team or whoever else had just no choice but to completely decimate the opposition. Mm. Otherwise, that was going to impact the qualification. I have breaking news. So, CPL, the Caribbean Premier League, apparently introduced red cards for slow over rate in this year. And Sunil Narayan was kicked out of the team, red carded. And if you had any questions what team he's playing for, it's the Knight Riders again. <laughs> so, he was red carded and they have to play a T20 game with 10, ball, 10 players on the field. Interesting. So, why was he was was chosen for a card? I'm trying to catch up. Basically, it happened after we started recording the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so it's slow over rate. I think, I'm not sure why he was asked to go. Maybe the rule is he was the slow. The rule they had is I think if they're short, they lose one one person from the circle, then they lose a second person from the circle. 
and in the final yeah. over if they're still short somebody is sent out now who gets to decide who is not known now is he the captain of uh, the team no pollard is the captain pollard is the captain okay so someone so somebody has to leave the field and i think they chose the the weakest fielder there and ask him to go <laughs> <laughs> ஒருத்தருக்கு <laughs> ஒருத்தருக்கு <laughs> <laughs> Your mind is barely breaking news, man. <laughs> I guess with that, we can uh, wrap up this uh, episode. And I do have a question to all of us. What do you think will be the next controversy that will emerge from the Asia Cup? Ram? I think I'll vote for some sort of over-the-top jingoism from either Shahid Afridi or from Shoaib Akhtar. and a lot of reactions to to that so you know they will continue to stay relevant saying all kinds of things in the lead up to an india pakistan game vijay virat kohli will be caught on camera munching on wait for it a vada pav <laughs> in a fit of angst the bangladesh batters will smash down the stumps at both ends just to prove that they are better than harun preet kaur anand some big wig is going to kiss virat kohli on his lips <laughs> after winning the tournament <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> anyway if any of these that is a price kohli will be willing to pay <laughs> from your lips to theirs <laughs> <laughs> well if any of these happen we will talk about it in our next episode uh, our next episode we will be reviewing the first round of the asia cup matches and the t20i's involving the australians the proteas the black caps in the english uh, we will also touch upon the odis that will follow as they involve eight of the 10 world cup bound teams more as a preview thank you for listening in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of cricket with the west coast infidels podcast our hosts for this podcast are vijay kumar balasubramanian anand kumar shankaran ramakrishnan ji ayer and myself vasant kumar thank you guys Thank you so much. Thank you.